Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 229. Today is May 22nd, 2017. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, today I want to talk to you about a portfolio review. And really, I'm just talking about the portion of my portfolio, which is invested. I put in the market about five months ago at the end of 2016, at the beginning of 2017. I saw a shift in markets and I put an overweight portion of my portfolio, which had previously been in cash. I moved that into two main sectors. That's healthcare and international stocks. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today is where that performance is. Not going to give you a, a total portfolio review, but I am going to focus on those areas where I'm most concentrated. Before we get to that, I do want to put in a plug for my new book, The Robots Are Coming. And obviously the reason for that is that I'm a greedy capitalist and I want to sell as many copies as possible. But I also know that you and my listening audience are cheapskates. And right now the book is discounted from the list price over at Amazon. So if you are an Amazon Prime member, the book normally sells Amazon Prime for $14.95. And right now it's out of stock. And so whenever that happens, they discount the books. It's currently on sale, uh, like 18%. You can buy it Amazon Prime, free delivery, for $12.20. And that's the same thing with Kindle. Um, you know, I'm not an Amazon expert. I don't know how things work over there. But generally, when things go out of stock, they even discount Kindle, which obviously never goes out of stock. But in any case, same thing. I think the Kindle price is the same as the paperback, which makes no sense to me at all. But hey, that's the way markets seem to work. Uh, Kindle price, I think, again, $14.95. They've got it on sale for $9.99 right now. So plug for the book. If you want to save a couple bucks and you want to buy it, which you know you do, Father's Day is coming up. Make a great gift for your father. Go ahead and order that over at Amazon. Incidentally, as I've said in the past, for all of you guys that are really cheapskates, and I encourage being a cheapskate, if you don't want to buy the book, contact your local library. As far as I know, every library in the country takes submissions from their patrons as to what books they should get in. Hey, go talk to your local library. Have them put the robots are coming on their shelf. It'll get the message out. And I do think this is a message that people need to know because we are definitely in a mega trend of the automation age. And I'd love to see this book on all the shelves in the public libraries. You know, me being a crony capitalist, I'm all about taxpayer dollars being spent to profit me. In any case, let's talk about where my portfolio is currently overweighted in international stocks and in the healthcare sector. Now, this is kind of following along what I talked about, oh, I don't know, about a month or so ago. I had an episode where I talked about my three worst positions in my portfolio. I try and make these episodes relevant so they're not only going to tell you about what's going on now, but even so if you listen to this, you know, sometime in the future, you'll hear me discussing why I did certain things. And so the value there is teaching you how to think like an investor. And an investor always thinks about buying appreciating assets. Now, those assets may be appreciating over the short term, over, say, weeks and months, or maybe those assets appreciate long term over decades or generations. Much of what I talk about here in the Wellsteading Podcast is buying stocks and, and exchange-traded funds, which I expect to profit on over the short and near term, you know, being weeks and months, maybe years. 
I think we are in extremely turbulent times. Uh, you know, again, the reason I wrote that book, The Robots Are Coming, we are in the process of going through a major technological shift, which is going to have huge impacts on the economy going forward. And regardless of all the talking heads and experts that think that they can tell you exactly when something's going to happen or, uh, you know, based on some demographic data, this particular year is going to be a recession or these stocks are going to collapse, blah, blah, blah. No one knows. No one can predict the future. And so that's why I'm more about investing in the short term rather than in the long term. Incidentally, before I get started, I want to kind of reiterate how quickly markets can move. You know, about a month or so ago, I talked about three, the three worst positions in my portfolio. Two of those positions, which at the time were in the red, I think they were down, uh, I don't remember, maybe two, three, four, five percent, something like that. And that was Starbucks and Walmart. And these were stocks that I had owned, um, in the case of Walmart, like a year and a half ago. So I've owned them for quite a long time, but they were still performing negative in the red in my portfolio. Since just I had that episode, both those stocks have gone up quite a bit in my particular portfolio. They're both up in excess of eight and a half percent. And let me look up those year to date performances because I, I haven't tracked them that way. I've just tracked them in terms of how they perform in my portfolio, not necessarily how they're doing year to date. Yeah, year to date, Walmart is up over 13 and a half percent. And that compares to the S&P 500 being up maybe seven percent year to date. So Walmart's turned around doing really well. Starbucks not performing as well as Walmart, but still up over 10% year to date. I mentioned this just to show you how quickly things can change. Now, remember, I'm not a day trader. I don't move in and out with high volume trading or that kind of momentum. I'm looking at positions where I can get a nice return of my money over a period of generally weeks or months. In the case of holding a stock like Walmart or Starbucks or uh, Verizon that I recently bought, which again, Verizon's not performing very well at all, these kind of stocks are big American blue chip companies. They have bright futures. They generally pay nice dividends. If they don't break out right away within the first couple weeks or couple months that I own them, I'm okay holding them through a loss because I have a conviction that these stocks have the fundamentals and are being favored by near-term trends that eventually they will turn around. That's an important fact for you to understand and consider as you start constructing your portfolio and why uh, maybe an episode ago I talked about how I don't use stop loss orders. I already make my plan. I know when I want to get in or get out of something and I really don't care about the minute incremental fluctuation from day to day as long as my initial convictions about why I purchased the stock haven't changed. Okay, so let's jump to where my portfolio is overweighted, and that's where it's overweighted in healthcare stocks and on international stocks. Now, why did I choose that? Was it just some willy-nilly decision? Did I hear some talking heads on a cable financial show talk about it? Did I get a newsletter from some supposed guru that they know what's going on? No, none of those reasons. I look at the data. I look at what's going on with trends. I look at things like the political system. And I try and move with both momentum and with value. Now, two big areas, uh, two big sectors of the global economy that I had been following that I had noticed where the sentiment uh, against them was bad, meaning that investors or the, the popular media was saying, oh, these are bad areas to invest in. But at the same time, the fundamentals seem to be either stable or improving, meaning that they were 
you know, making more profits, have a, having better sales. In the case of global economies, uh, their GDPs were improving, things like that. That's where I saw a disconnect between what the perception was versus what the reality was. And so it looked to me like an, like an arbitrage situation. A lot of this also had to do with political impact. In the case of healthcare, you can go all the way back to, I think, 2014, when Janet Yellen, the chairwoman of the Federal Reserve, said that, among other things, she thought that healthcare biotech stocks were overvalued. That started to depress that sector. And then I believe it was the end of 2015, or maybe even the summer of 2015, uh, then Hillary Clinton, who was the Democratic presidential candidate, she put out a tweet and said biotech and the healthcare industry pharmaceuticals were, you know, ripping off the American people and they were overcharging. Price gouging might have been the word she used. That really sent the pharmaceuticals and the biotech stocks in the tank. Initially, when Trump won, uh, those, those healthcare sector stocks started doing really well because they figured, hey, Hillary's out of the picture. Trump's going to you know, not come in and do anything about healthcare stocks. But then he put out a tweet where he basically said, I think his exact quote was that pharmaceutical stocks were getting away with murder. That created a big pullback in healthcare stocks. And it was at that time that I thought that it was a good opportunity to get into that sector. And so right at around the end of the year, I don't remember if it was the last week in December or the first week in January of 2017 that I decided to, to jump into these overweighted sectors that I'm talking about because I, I did these at different times, right? I didn't just throw all my money in at once. I trickled in to both of these sectors. And then within these sectors, I bought multiple ETFs that I thought would be favorable. And that all took place pretty much the last week of, of the year and the beginning of this year. Now, even though I was very favorable on healthcare stocks, I didn't want to concentrate my position in any one stock. Um, although I did look at a few, I did, I definitely looked at, at things like Medtronics. And I remember I actually even had had an order in for Medtronics, but it one or two day period when I wanted to buy it, it gapped up really quick and I didn't want to chase the momentum. So I decided, you know, not to go into any individual healthcare stocks or pharmaceutical stocks. Uh, but I did want to invest in that industry. And so I overweighted my portfolio position by buying into two exchange-traded funds. One of them was specifically a U.S. healthcare ETF, and the other one was a global ex-U.S. healthcare ETF. And so I was looking at focusing basically on large healthcare and pharmaceutical and medical device type companies both inside and outside the U.S. Again, that was hedging my bets. That was creating some diversification within the industry. I wasn't putting all my money just in American healthcare stocks, nor all my money just in, you know, European or Asian healthcare stocks. I was splitting it up between both of those categories. That has turned out to be a pretty good investment. Just for sake of time in this episode, I'm not going to go into detail and tell you specifically which individual ETFs I purchased. But I have mentioned that in previous episodes, and for sure, all of that is documented over at my firm's website, investablewealth.com. If you look under the observations and commentary uh, tab, that's where I put a post notice anytime I make a change to my portfolio. So when I bought into these, I specifically, you can see what date it was, and you can see what I bought. I also added a little tab over there. I think it's on the right-hand corner of the website where there's different categories of posts. And if you click on trades and only see articles that deal specifically to, to trades that I've made. So all that's over there. You can also subscribe to receive free email notices of, of when I make those changes. But as far as healthcare, 
My U.S. healthcare fund, since I purchased it, which is basically over the last five months, is up 10%. That international healthcare sector is up almost 13.5%. So it's done really well. And you'll notice here that I'm stacking functions. I'm going along with two themes there. I'm not only investing in healthcare, which was my one premise, but I was also investing in international healthcare because international stocks were my other premise. My premise for international markets were, again, very similar to healthcare. Number one, the, these countries looked like they were having improving or definitely stable gross domestic product numbers. And they also seem to be politically unfavored. And in this case, it really had all to do with Donald Trump getting elected. You can imagine a, a country like Mexico, how Mexican country stocks would have um, deteriorated or fallen apart after the election of Donald Trump. In fact, if you go to just the day before the election, they were starting to gap up and improve. And then by the end of the week following the election, they were down like 20%. And they continue to go down from there. So I didn't rush in to buy them immediately. I wanted to see how things stabilized. But I, again, did get into Mexico and other international markets right around the last week in 2016, the beginning of 2017, because it looked like an anomaly between what investor sentiment was, which was very negative, and what the fundamentals looked like, which were either positive or improving. And so I purchased into exchange-traded funds that were specific country-focused as well as just a large, broad indexes. For example, I purchased a Vanguard ETF that focused on all the stocks in the world except U.S. stocks. That is up over 11% so far. And then I also purchased a Vanguard ETF that focused just on emerging markets. That's up over 12.5%. So while global stocks are up 11% and then the more risky emerging markets are up over 12.5%, specific country ETFs that I invested in are even better. Israel is up over 13%. And again, Israel is a stacking function play. I invested in Israel because it's not only non-US based, right? I wanted to get that international exposure, because, but also this Israeli ETF is highly focused on technology and on healthcare. Remember, healthcare was one of my other focus areas. So I stacked functions by investing in Israel. That same thought process and stacking of functions went into my selection of Ireland. Now, Ireland is up right at 16.5%. Again, international exposure there and a country that's heavily weighted, particularly in the healthcare sector, Ireland was also a play on the Brexit and the fact that France wouldn't uh, pull out of the euro, things like that, because Ireland is part of the EU. And I felt the negative publicity that it was receiving because everything that was going on over there would eventually also favor Ireland. So again, that was another stacking of functions. Malaysia was another country that I invested in through an ETF. That's up 15%. Mexico is faring extremely well. It is up over 17.7% just in the last five months. And then finally, the best position in my portfolio is India. India is up about 20.5%. You'll notice that in the last month or couple of weeks, a lot of the talking heads, a lot of the analysts, they're all saying how international stocks are going to perform better. They're back on the emerging market train. Uh, in particular, India is a big favorite right now. Warren Buffett uh, came out a couple of weeks ago and said that he thought India was favorable. And so at this point, I plan on holding these international positions. I think others are going to crowd in. The trade will eventually get overbought and exhausted. And I hope by then I'm smart enough to sell these positions and move on to something else. 
Now, again, I need to emphasize here, I'm not telling you that you should buy these positions, particularly not now after they've run up so much. I'm simply reviewing with you what I have already purchased five months ago. And I want you to understand more importantly than the positions, I want you to understand the logic behind why I made them. That's what's critical. And I'll just kind of close on this thought. And this goes back to what I talked about a couple episodes ago with why I don't use stop losses. Just last week, the Mexican ETF that I own was starting to gap up. And then when all the bad news came out about, uh, you know, problems with Donald Trump firing the director of the FBI and uh, there might be some memos and impeachment and all this kind of stuff, just because of all that noise and static got out there, you remember that the market pulled back. And over like a two-day period, my Mexican ETF gapped down and not only fell below its 20-day moving average, but it broke really hard and even fell below its 50-day moving average, pretty significantly below its 50-day moving average. This all happened over a period of like two days. The stock was down, you know, from peak to trough, something like, I think, in excess of 5%. Now, a lot of people would have panicked, and that's obviously why the price did come down. Both institutional investors and individual investors had stop losses set. And so as soon as that ETF price started breaking trend and then it broke the 20-day the moving average and it broke the 50-day moving average, their little program trainings got executed and they sold and they sold, in my opinion, at a bad price, right? The price came down 5%. And this goes to the root of why I don't like program trading and why I'm not a day trader and why I'm not afraid of high-frequency traders or all these algorithms that are literally out there combing articles like uh, anything that will appear in social media or Google Trends. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of algorithms that are set up to detect market sentiment and to then trade on it. So if bad news comes out about employment numbers or something, automatically these algorithms are triggered. Well, that's exactly what happened last week across all stocks. And I'm pointing this out in particular in Mexico because think about it. If, in fact, all these news items were true and there was all this bad information on Trump, and I'm not saying whether it is or isn't, I really don't care, that's not the point. What I'm saying is, if that were true and Donald Trump was going to be impeached, okay, do you think that would be good or bad for a Mexican ETF? Well, I think it would be probably good. It would probably be favorable in the long term for these Mexican stocks, which have been so depressed since he was elected. So look at the logic of that. Bad news came out about the U.S. political system that drove down all stocks. In particular, this Mexican ETF gapped down over 5%. And yet, if the news would have been true, it would have actually been favorable for Mexican stocks. And so that's why I don't use stop losses. That's why I don't trade on the news. In fact, that's why generally I ignore the news or I use it as a contrarian indicator. In any case, guess what? As of today, less than a week later, from when all this noise came out, this Mexican ETF is trading back above its 50-day and its 20-day moving average. Right now, this Mexican sector ETF has been in a consolidation period, a really tight range for about 12 weeks. And since we know that a stock can only have one of three outcomes, it can either go up, it can go down, or it can stay the same. And generally, things don't ever stay the same. There's always volatility in the markets. And so with this stock trading in such a tight range for the last, say, 12 weeks, I think that it's getting ready to either break up and out or it's getting ready to break down. 
personally, because of the fundamentals, because of what we're seeing now with the talks about OPEC and gas prices being up around, you know, above $50 a, a barrel again, at least temporarily, and because of the political situations, I think all the fundamentals short term are favored on Mexican stocks to do better, not worse. And so I'm holding my position. I'm thinking that they're going to break out from here, that it has a lot of room still left to run. And a lot of this is based on how well oil prices hold up. But on a long-term chart, Mexican stocks are well below their four-year moving average. Now, again, I'm not telling you that this is a time for you to get into it. I'm just telling you that I have a very comfortable margin into this, and I don't see any reason to close that position out, at least for the time being. Well, hey, that's just my two cents. As always, I appreciate you for listening. In the next episode, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency because I've been getting a lot of questions on that. And you're going to want to tune in for this episode because I think it's going to be different commentary than what you're generally hearing about cryptocurrency because I'm not so much going to talk about it from a trade or an investment standpoint, but I want to focus on the long-term implementation of the blockchain technology because that's really what this is all about. So, hey, until the next episode, as always, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best returns.